Shafi. Shafi, are you there? Owls have butts. Fish have butts. Dogs have butts. Ghosts don't have butts. Well, well, well. Dark is falling early in the area surrounding the hill country. Uh, here I sit underneath Matthew's patio, staring at a fine crescent moon. I'm really doing that. I'm not, it's not on the other side of the house like that one time. And enjoying a crisp November night, the likes of which I think the last time we recorded a podcast, we were still waiting on this weather. And now it's here, and I am so excited about it. November in Texas is beautiful, it's, but also still very autumn-y and, you know, in a way that uh, uh, you don't necessarily think of Texas getting. And, uh, and here we are, so excited to get started on episode 117, if you can believe it. I honestly can just barely believe it. Uh, really excited. We have a new new uh, new segment coming up for you tonight. Matthew, have you ever wondered? Uh, featuring a, its own theme song, and uh, and uh, we got some weird stuff in the world. We got a we got a shout out to a, a great super fan out there, and uh, mostly we're just going to catch up because it's because it's been a while, and we have missed you so much and missed each other. Uh, a lot been going on. We're going to tell you all about it. Uh, but first, we got to talk to the pride of. Tarzana, California. He is a Montserrat mistaker and a Martinique mistaker. He's uh, my good friend. He's Matthew Rampy. Let's entertain you. And this is crazy. But here's my podcast. I do with Shafee. It's hard to listen. And content's hazy. But here's my podcast. I do with Shafee. Hey, Shafi. Hello. That is wonderful, uh, especially with the good Britney news that's been happening lately. Well, that's Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not Britney. Here's my number. Call me maybe. Call me maybe is uh, oh. Carly Rae. Oh. Don't call her a one-hit wonder, I even I'm... though I can't think of another hit that she has. Well. Um, you're thinking of... Um... Hit me maybe one more time, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to do the zig and That's the zag. That's right. I'm interested to learn more about Carly Carly Rae Jepsen. I, I, I think pretty much is just that one hit. <laughs> which, uh, sorry to anybody who you know loves that song but hates to have it stuck in your head because <laughs> there it is. That's just a gift for episode 117. Because not loving that song is not an option. Right things. here on one magical hour. Uh, the excitement stands, though. How about uh, good things happening for Britney lately, it seems? Is that right? We're going to have to get Lori on the show. Yeah. She uh, just got, I mean, she got totally emancipated, right? Yeah. The, it seemed like, yeah, good things are happening. Like, you know, and some people are maybe at, le- at least admitting to having done her wrong, if not actually being punished for it. Um, I obviously would prefer that they were actually punished. <laughs> Schiffer, do you think that One Magical Hour had any hand in that? I think there's a small, <laughs> you know, British. just the zeit, cultural zeitgeist, <laughs> sure. We are a part of the, both the media and the entertainment horizon in America. We were really feeding into the great free Britney machine. Gotta remember that one. Well, of, it'll be on the recording. 
One magical hour. Part of the <laughs> cultural and... No, sorry. Part of the entertainment and media horizon in America. Can I add that to my elevator pitch? Yeah. We'll, we'll work on it. Okay. We'll, we'll workshop it. Let's workshop that. We should probably make business cards. <laughs> that turns the the whole concept of business cards into a real oxymoron, doesn't it? Hmm. It's there's nothing business like about this. Could my say friend, we were, we were giving our listeners I, the business. I I hear what you're screaming. Uh, great to see you, man. Good to see you. So what you're about to hear is catching up for real. Schaefer and I have not seen each other. Since we last podcasted, and we've both been through our own wee trials, trials and tribulations, and um, yeah, I guess we're just going to catch up on that. So when we last left you, at the end of the episode, I think we both realized that we had plans for the following weekend. We both were headed somewhere the following weekend. Yeah, there were weddings. There are two weddings at least. Where did I go? I can't even remember. Uh, we had one wedding each, at least. Maybe you had two weddings. I don't know. I, I honestly can't remember what I did that first week. Uh, and uh, Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I went to Poco Loco Ranch to see the homies. There it is. That was that first weekend. And then the second week. Have you, have you had two weddings? No. I just had the one. So the what second it, weekend was the wedding. And the third weekend were the illnesses. Okay. Right? Well, no. For me, it was the first weekend we were apart. This is like that scene in The Jerk where he's like, <laughs> I know we've only known each other for seven weeks, but it feels like 14 and he breaks it down. I love that. The first day felt like seven days. <laughs> the first weekend, I don't know what you did. I went to Poco Loco Ranch to see the homies, which was a real highlight of the year. And I and had a really good time. That's great. Played some golf. Saw our friend Jay Cryer. Did you see Jay Cryer? No. Uh, I know he, he passed did come through. to town. Yeah, yeah. and was that was really good. It was good to see him. He's doing well. And and uh, we played some golf. Well, what the hell? I had to have some good shots. Some good, just a couple of good golf shots are really like take you through a whole week. Sure. You know. And then I had another week things have been busy with the blue sky and the design and build and uh and then i had a periodontal treatment <laughs> which is like calling it a periodontal treatment it seems like the most pull the wool over somebody's eyes ever <laughs> because doesn't that sound benign a periodontal treatment doesn't that sound like somebody rubbing ambisol on your gums with a with like a q-tip sure, yeah 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 it sounds nice but this was this was not nice i've so i have uh okay one magical nation one magical universe here it is the truth is i've got gum disease and um they tell me that it's hereditary because I'm actually pretty fastidious with yeah. the care. You're like generally fastidious fellow. Yeah, you know, I'm into hygiene, I'm into nutrition, I'm into exercise, I'm into keeping my blood pressure low, all those things. But the but the sometimes the gum disease will just get you and you can't it's hard to outrun. I've ha I had another I treatment remember your first ten years yeah. ago. Yeah, let's let's reminisce on that for a second because that I'd had a, basically at that time it was just pocket reduction surgery. Like you have little pockets 
between your tooth and gum. By the way, which they probe with a tiny metal nub, a nubbin, really nice. every time you go <laughs> to the periodontist. And they take the numbers, and then they go, the pockets get deeper, and then there's there can be bone loss, and it, it, they're hard to clean. You can't keep them clean yourself if your pockets get deep. So they go in there, and they, they put you to sleep with the anesthesia, which I can kind of see how Michael Jackson got into propofol, you know? I mean, I know it was like a slippery slope for him. It wasn't like... You know, you start off with like, oh, give me a, an Ambien or a Valium, and sure. then like, you get to a point where only anesthesia will do it to you. No, the truth is, anesthesia fucks me up, and it, it did again this time. Um, but th there was that they they put you under anesthesia, and they go in there and they like cut your gums and reshape your gums. And at that time, I had one little bone graft. If you're losing bone below the gum line, they'll put a little bone graft in there to help shore it up, which this is turns into a horror story like real quick. I hope nobody's eating <laughs> while you're listening to this because just you're turn right. it off. Just do it some other time. Well, oh, you know, it's work. actually one of those trucks that's yeah. on the rail line. I love those. I'd love to drive one of those yeah, on the streets like and just tear up the asphalt <laughs> as you go along. Well, yeah, sure. No, don't do um, at that. At that like time, 10 years ago, I'm 45 now. I was, I was 35 when that happened. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. And I felt after this, right after the surgery, I felt mutilated. Like the inside of my mouth felt different and I wasn't prepared for that. And the anesthesia jacks you up in the head. I got to say, I realize now that that's a thing. They put you out, but you're not really out. It's like a twilight sedation, but you don't remember it. And so what are they doing to your brain at that point? And let me tell you that, like, that's not just a that day thing. That sort of can sort of bleed over into that next day. You might spend a it day takes or so a, walking around on the other side. It takes some 48 hours where you like, you don't realize it, but you're not really in your head. Amy was like, you seem drunk. You know, she's <laughs> like, you kept repeating yourself. You kept saying the same things over and oh, over. No. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm so embarrassed, right? But and I remember from before, she picked me up before. And also she was like, I wasn't prepared for how you were going to be after that. And I was like, oh, yeah. But the... I think the I'm the exact opposite of you. Oh, oh yeah. I just like snap in and you snap, snap out. Snap out, huh? Like, and I, you know, they say that redheads are you know, just have a higher tolerance for that. I've definitely had, pe like, I see. people. I've been had doctors be surprised how long I was awake, <laughs> and uh, and so okay. I think it just has generally less effect on me. But any, but anyway, go on. I have never experienced anything like what you're describing with this uh, gum surgery. It's astounding. Okay. Okay. Let's dial in it one layer back. Them cutting your mouth is feels so invasive. Maybe so. It's, I'm... it's even, even more so than an abdomen surgery or a, of course, an, a, you know, some, some kind of work on your, your arms or hands or something or legs, you know, like it, your mouth feels like, in a way, especially if you're a podcaster, the seat of your personality, you know, and it's, it, I, I hate it all the time. And I'm dealing with this for years. Anytime they're messing around in my mouth, I'm just, it feels so invasive. But that first time around, I wasn't prepared for it with like doing a liquid diet and soft foods. And I just wasn't ready at that time. I realized that everything that I eat is either crunchy or chewy or <laughs> it was hard for me. And I, 
I got very, very hungry. I remembered that. And That's when Jameson and I met you at Luby's. We discovered Luby's. Well, <laughs> somebody at my work said, hey, you should go to Luby's. And there, uh, Luby's is a cafeteria for anybody who doesn't know. They That Luby's is closed now. Oh, no. I don't think it's it, terrible. And it, this was a special Luby's. There are a lot of locations that are just like all you can eat. But this isn't. It's like a la carte. And they, they're pretty. Classic, it's pretty high Luby's. quality quality lubies but there they've got like the baked cod and the mashed potatoes and the green beans that take no chewing yeah so green jello that was probably like a weekend where we just i discovered lubies i think i'd eaten there once before and then i called you guys and was like hey hey guys come meet me over here you're like that's ridiculous and then and then it became a thing that we did that for on and off for years meeting at that lubies um so this time I went into this thing, you know, knowing that it needed to be done, but like not really uh, prepared for the ramifications. And they downplay it at the doctor's office that they've got this range of experience with people. And they're like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, a few days, three or four days and you'll be fine. This was this was a big deal. First thing, they basically flay your gums open on um, all sides oh yeah to like decide where <laughs> to put the bone grafts and the reshaping and then this time not like last time this time there was stitching all inside my mouth mm. like all in front it was all stitched up there were four stitches here and then in different places there were stitches and they would come like out of the top of your mouth and around to the front and in the back I, I looked in the back way in the back there's stitching and i asked them i'm like what why was that stitching in the back and they're like oh well they cut it to there to flap it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and so did the, i just tell you that i think it's primarily awesome that you have extra bone sun in your mouth <laughs> yeah i think so too like oh, i think i think it's like superhero shit it does I, I'm, I, I'm very cool with it it's not like i was having a discussion with the the wear possum's wife tiffany who's a nurse and she's a real nature path she's not like into like doing something to your body that's uh, like we talked about Im- teeth implants, you know, which are yeah. basically a screw that goes up into your bone. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm not into that at all. And I had this, uh, you know, and I was like, well, do you think that the bone grafting is against nature? And she's like, oh, I don't know about that because, you know, your bone, you put a little bone in there and your bone grows to the bone. And uh, anyway, or so cool. you hope. So that was the second weekend from our, our pot that was it was a Friday. I re, I told you before that Friday I was like, oh maybe we'll podcast on Sunday on Saturday night. And uh, it's about halfway through the week I think when I talked to you and you're like, oh it's yeah, so good. We'll really. just see. We'll just see how that goes. And like I mean, no no before the surgery I said maybe yeah, I can podcast on Saturday night. Like there was a yeah, surgery yeah. on the Friday and, and I was in no shape. I think I was going to, I was saying, that's what I'm saying. I think I heard from you finally on the phone on Wednesday or Thursday when you were After. like, that was, so that was like the first time you could even call me really. I was, so you, I mean, you must, your mouth must've been in pain for, there is was, it still hurt? Does it still hurt? Um, yeah. Yeah. When I eat for sure, there was the, there was the anesthesia and then there was, well, there's antibiotics, which I always think is going to mess up my gut fauna. 
and jack up my mental health because mm-hmm. there's and listen if you're an epidemiologist in the listenership please get at us and let me know that this is not something that would um just some de- yogurt, degrade fine. my mental health right taking um but there was the liquid diet really got me because i'm used to a high protein yeah diet and a physical day and i'm and suddenly i'm having like smoothies and stuff i I think my my blood sugar was all messed up and then by about the fifth day i was just so hungry it's really difficult to get enough nutrition in when you're just like pureeing soups and stuff um so yeah there was so there was a definitely 10 days or so that was just like out of the question to do a podcast um because of that foolishness because of a uh, periodontal treatment which doesn't that sound fun periodontal treatment <laughs> so so when that was over i hit you up yeah and, and what was going on with you at the time i think actually yeah at the time i was fine when i talked to you but it was obviously going to be you know a few more days before we could and the wedding hit it was kind of funny, yeah, because I, like, I kind of blew my knee out running around for the wedding, and so oh, no. that ended up being the good thing because it, it meant I stayed in my house for the first three days before I got some kind of flu, um, like a pretty serious one. Like for the first day, like it appeared Wednesday morning, and for most of Wednesday I couldn't really get out of bed. I was achy. I stood up. I got lightheaded. Like. Uh, but fortunately, I'd already been in quarantine for three days. Uh, Did you think this is it? I well, when I thought I was able to think clearly the next day, I was like, "Oh, those, you know, you aching body, light." So at no sh- point in my first day did you think this is COVID. Oh, I couldn't. Yeah, I was just like, "There's something horribly the matter with me. I don't know what it is." Like by about eight p.m., if I had been able to go to like a doctor in ER or something, I would have, but I couldn't. You know. I couldn't have driven myself there. So uh, I just, you know, stayed in bed, you know, like alternately shivering and sweating until sleep came again. And then in the morning I was able to, I called in a curbside order for like some COVID tests and uh, a little bit of food. And I was able to just drive to HEB and back, but I was still like lightheaded, mildly disoriented, slightly feverish. But I, I, but I felt much better than the day before. Like I said, that would have been impossible the day before. Uh, so you had a day of just being laid out. Yeah. Um, and then by Friday, uh, the fever broke. I felt normal. The sun came out. I was like, everything's so beautiful. You know, when you get really sick like that. And, and oh, yeah. Just like, oh, boy. I never <laughs> yeah. felt this wonderful in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you think you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I was able to, like, quarantine for another 48 hours, which... The COVID literature said quarantine for 24 hours after the fever, fever break. So I gave it some extra time. And then I finally made it back to check in with, I, you know, I hadn't seen any of the boys at the front page for a week. Um, so I got to see, fortunately, we had, like, a, we have very rarely have staff meetings, but we had one uh, that Sunday morning. So I was able to see everybody and get caught up. And it's really fun and nice. Uh, and, uh, and here we are. That's uh, something weird I wanted to talk to you about, but uh, I've forgotten now. Uh, but I was sidetracked when you asked, when you were saying, can you imagine how it feels, you know, to have surgery on your mouth? 
um, I realized that I should be able to because I was about, I think I was about 10 or 11. Yeah, I would say it was about the age of 10 uh, when I had a, a genetic thing done. Uh, the oldest male in every generation uh, of the men on my dad's side of the family, oldest male of the generation is always born with extra front teeth. Oh, two okay. extra front teeth. Okay. And Griffith's got one extra. It was my great grandfather. He was the oldest. Uh, he had it. My grandfather was the oldest man of his generation. Oh. He got it. My dad, then me. We were all, all four. We're the oldest grandchildren. You know, the, we're the oldest of our generation. Yeah. Uh, and we're all guys. And I and then I screwed that up. I didn't have a son. Or kids, in fact, at all. They ain't over yet. Um, but yeah, the, my, the sun is not set on it. It's true. Uh, it's funny to imagine, but it's true. Uh, so I missed the generation. So my sister, though, was the first to give birth. She had a son. So, and he, Ian, has the extra two teeth. Oh man. So, <laughs> so what's the what's the treatment for yeah, that? Just, yeah, is it gotta, like a spa treatment? You got to go in. No, you got to go in and cut them out. Oh, oh, <laughs> which you have experience with recently. So, yeah. but but I say it's far enough back that I don't remember it. But there's also the redhead thing where we don't feel stuff as much. <laughs> whatever. It I always is. get confused. That that's the redhead thing. Uh, they say yeah, we have a high tolerance for pain and a high tolerance for drugs and alcohol. I see. Okay. I, for some reason, I always think it's a low tolerance for pain. You know, I have some red in my beard. It, I, I'm not. I'm not without red in my family and in my. It's good to have some blood. Viking blood. And, um, and actually, they say it goes back even further. They say the first redheads came from the uh, Mongols and Genghis Khan. Oh, is that right? And that's why everybody hates them. Oh, <laughs> in, in, that makes sense. In, uh, <laughs> excuse me, in Eastern Central Europe, and. <laughs> It is a group that seems okay to just uh, still disparage, even in Mongols? these. E no, gingers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to be very considerate of Mongols. Uh, Mongols. Yes, redheads. You're right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the warrior. You know, they kind of. Anyway. Uh, That's back to our conversation about the warrior gene, right? That's isn't there another thing in your dad's family where there's always it's always boy girl in the birth order. Yeah, that seems crazy to me. And that's uh, yeah, that holds. You know, they, there's four siblings. They all did it. You know, my grandparents did it. So you, your dad has three siblings. Yeah, and, and they was, all have children. Yep, and it's all boy girl, boy girl. Yep, unbelievable. That's weird, right? Yeah. And I think both... I'd like to look at like a, a data spread of that through other <laughs> populations and stuff. Like yeah. how often does that kind of pattern happen in I, a family? Maybe. I, I bet it's more often than you think. It's just a useful pattern to have, right? Evolutionarily speaking. Uh, yeah, it seems perfecto. <laughs> the two teeth seem good too. Like you need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> should have left them in there. Uh, my, if you see, yeah, if you see any pictures of me from that age, like my left front tooth was sticking straight out in front. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. 
snaggly stuff. Right. Uh, I think Griffin's got an extra one, so we'll see what happens <laughs> there. Good times. All right, so that's what's been going on in our lives. Yeah. What's been going on with you, Unmagical Universe? Get at us. Uh, and thank you for getting at us uh, to the delightful Miss Ellen, Ellen Ferguson. Uh, as you recall, uh, she, she had the... Uh, she was part of the uh, beloved segment, The Ferguson Files. Uh, she also won the worst episode ever con uh, competition, which what, got her... Uh, what was the episode? I can't remember. Oh, man. <laughs> I can dig it out. I'll, I'll dig out the email for, for next week. Yeah, find it, find it, because I'd like to listen to that episode. She got some... Uh, finally got around to sending her some One Magical Hour swag, and she uh, sent us a lovely note back. In which she indicated that she has listened to every episode at least twice and some three times. So, One Magical Nation, you guys got some work to do. She's definitely our biggest fan. Everyone should aspire to be more like Miss Ellen Ferguson. Uh, funny, funny, lovely lady. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, thanks for uh, getting back to us occasionally when we're begging for it. <laughs> thanks, Ellen Ferguson. And all the listeners. Jameson. Uh, who would you, uh, did you know, <laughs> have you ever heard that Jameson has uh, an alter ego? Um, I, no. Apparently <laughs> I discovered, uh, on my blog, a poem that he wrote, uh, in which he exhorts you to call him the shoeless piper. So you can call Jameson the shoeless piper now okay. and we like to think that we're friends of the shoeless piper yeah i'm a, I'm a friend of the shoeless piper sure, <laughs> sure 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 yeah 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 and um I, hmm. and i think that friend of the shoeless piper will now be uttered in almost every introduction from now on the show just got real weird man <laughs> i don't even know what you're talking about here we're talking about how we're friends of the shoeless piper that reminds me of when your niece was born and her name's Dorothy. And I said on a text, well, I guess we're all friends with Dorothy now, which is a reference to the LGBTQ community, yeah. a friend of Dorothy. Yeah. But you had never heard that before. Yeah. That was a new one. To me. And I was just glad to know something <laughs> that you didn't know. <laughs> uh, and I love that expression, by the way. And then when people are like, um, "Are you? do you support the community? I'm like, oh, I'm a friend of a friend of Dorothy, for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely friendly with friends of Dorothy. Uh, you know what this return to podcasting calls for? A new segment? Uh, it would be great if we had a new segment. Uh, we do. Have you? Oh, we do? <laughs> we have a new segment. And, uh, yes! And I created a theme song for it. What? Yes. Uh, the se new segment is called Matthew. Have you ever wondered? And here's the theme song. Matthew, have you ever wondered? Wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on imaginary radio. I'm living on that W-O-M-H. Apples! Apples! <laughs> Done. Apple. Done. <laughs> I don't 
I don't know why they say apples at the end. Uh-huh. That was entirely uh, Im- improvisational in them. That's weird, man. And they were, and they kind of did it right on the same time. Are they too. fans of jazz? <laughs> Are they jazz lovers? I think so. <laughs> right at the end, they go apples. <laughs> apples yeah, at the same time. And it was that was definitely not rehearsed. Maybe it's it's got to be like another little song that they Maybe so, hear yeah. in one of their shows or something. <laughs> anyway. I think that's a real jam. And uh, there's several other versions, too, so look for variations. Oh, uh, oh good. Large, yeah. Largely. Look where? Lar- uh, on future episodes of One Magical Hour. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, Matthew, too. have you ever wondered? I like this segment because it's got my name right in the title. <laughs> Go ahead. Matthew, have you ever wondered how many times since they moved the football kickoff up? How many times do you think kickoffs go through the uprights like a really long field goal? Okay, now let's let's dive into the specifics here. They did they moved the kickoff forward? Yeah. And they moved the point after the touchdown back? Is that correct? Yes. Did they do those about the same time? I think they did, yeah. I like the point after touchdown moved back. Yeah. I I I that because it it's not an automatic like it, it is used not to be. no that's true and I feel like there's a lot of excitement in the league on weird scores I I feel like that it has made the league have more weird scores I feel like there's an unusual number of exciting NFL games lately and yeah it might have yeah. to do with some yeah. changes they've made um but I I what I don't I don't think I had thought too much about that so so most so most kickoffs just end in a touchback yeah. And what? Oh, we're talking sports here, by the way. <laughs> American style football. It's funny because we're not even talking about like teams winning or losing. We're just we're talking about one very specific. Just talking about rules. <laughs> just talking about obscure NFL rules. So, what do you think? How many times? Just guess. Give it a percentage. Well, having never seen it with my own eyes, and I watch a lot of NFL games, I feel like the percentage is low. Yeah. And um, I'd go with something like 3%. Okay. Or uh, 1%. Uh, I I have seen it occasionally. You know, you, and they don't make a big deal about it because it doesn't matter. But, you know, occasionally you'd be like, I'm pretty sure that went through the upright. Where's the line? Now, I'm not sure. Like, like how long of a field goal 70, is that? It's 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 like a 75 yard field. Like that's the like the longest field goal ever. Yeah, I think that that but it works out. But it's to, but it's very difficult to target that. Like yeah. it going through oh, is random. Just if you stand on the 10 yard line, like what's the you know 10 or five yard line would be the easiest possible kick. Uh-huh. You are it's it's surprising. How far how far away that goalpost looks, right? You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. people don't really understand. Uh, so yeah, I when you're I when you're kicking it off seventy five yards away, that looks like a doghouse. You know, it's a long that you're way kicking off. Uh-huh. So, uh, but like I said, I I have actually seen it, or at least what I thought. Like I say, you know, they weren't following it because it didn't matter, so they weren't uh, photographing it very clo- or filming it very closely. So, but I, I feel like I have, I do occasionally see it. So I, I looked it up the other day and it turns out it happens pretty regularly, actually. Um, Justin Tucker, who is kind of the all time greatest kicker ever. Yeah. And a Longhorn, right? Yeah. Uh, is he? 
I think he was, yeah. Okay. And I was, uh, I was noticing him the other day. He yeah, plays for, for Green Bay. Uh, uh, oh, no, the oh, Ravens. The Ravens. Oh, he, right. That he won the overtime. Yeah, yeah. For the Ravens with the like Vikings. a with like a sixty six yarder, which is the longest ever. Wow. Uh, so that so that's only so seventy five is only nine more yards to that one that he made. So I, this is always something something that I wondered because it seems like there's times when they might as well just kick the field goal from there and they don't do it. Um, you know, just late in the game or whatever. Just give it a try. Yeah, why not? You know. Yeah. And yeah, they're very conservative about. So they, I was, they've got I've, they've got the line in their mind where their kicker can make it. Fun. I've long wondered why they don't they don't do that. And especially when, like, Justin Tucker estimated that he could make it about 20% of the time. From 75. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm assuming that the league average is probably something more like what you were talking about, 5% or 8%. Uh, but, uh, but the point is it does happen pretty regularly to the point where there's a group on – there's a group of fans who want to start making that worth one point. Oh. <laughs> Which is funny. Worth I don't th- one I don't, point. I don't think they should, but no, it should definitely be worth three points. Why wouldn't it be worth five <laughs> points? Maybe maybe that's how it should go. Maybe so. Like if you make a sixty yarder, it's worth four, and if you make a seventy yarder, it's worth five. That's how it works uh, in certain fantasy leagues. Um, oh, really? Yeah. You get bigger points for the f- yeah for longer field goals. Wow. Uh, it depends on how you set your league up. Anyway, let's uh for. What percentage of One Magical Nation do you think cares about sports? Oh, it's the same as my other answer. It's three to one <laughs> percent. <laughs> I was going to guess it was more like 50-50, but I don't know. Okay, sure. Uh, ask, ask the Shoeless Piper. It's fighting sports, because that raises it. Are we? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I would say yes, it is sports. I think it's about 50-50. Okay. Are we ready for a poetry corner? Um, no, I feel like I had uh, some other thing to blather on about. Wait, n- no, I wanted to answer your question. No, you've never wondered that. <laughs> I had, I never I had, never wondered that. Oh, weird stuff. I just wanted to somewhere in my uh, periodontal treatment haze. I don't even know how I stumbled upon this. <laughs> I just wanted to point out this Japanese character. Anapanaman. 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 I don't even know how to say it. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it right. And Panaman. And Panaman. Panaman is a Japanese children's superhero picture book series. Running from 1973 until the author's death in 2013. It's one of the most popular anime series among young children in Japan. It follows the adventures of An Panaman, uh, a superhero with an Anpan, Anpan, a red bean paste filled pastry for a head who protects the world from an evil anthropomorphic germ. An evil anthropomorphic germ? Name so, Bikenman, Bikenman, Bikenman. Sounds like something you'd want to have cut out of your mouth. Um, it's literally this is a, a Japanese anime about a, a hero that's got a a pastry for a head. 
And I don't even know why I started thinking about this, but I put it on the show sheet. So I just wanted to enter it into the record. If anybody is into this story and Penman and Penman, if anybody knows how to pronounce it, get at us. Does this, did it sound like a podcast? Did any, did any part of this sound like a podcast? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't either. I feel so rusty. I can't believe, I can't believe we started a podcast. I can't believe we took it this far to 117 episodes. And I can't believe how quickly everything could come over, come, come unraveled. There has to be people in our lives, not the people in one magical universe, obviously, but all the other people who just think, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing with their life and times? I definitely take solace in this as a document. You know, that fanciful conversation we were talking about of either my kids listening to this at some point in the future or my grandkids. I disagree. I think we're thoroughly ensconced in the horizon of entertainment and media in this country or whatever it was I said before. Oh, oh I'm in an elevator with you and where do I sign? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Poetry corner. Uh, for, for all you. We still have a robot to service. This is for all you. All you friends of the shoeless piper. I'm a friend of a friend of the shoeless piper. <laughs> uh, April 30th, 2007. Uh, published on I'll Show You Mine, my uh, poetry blog. Uh, this is actually by Jameson Driscoll. It's called The Middle. Clever as cinder blocks, round as a Schaefer sonnet, back in style once again, on loan from the islands of paradise, the much-talked-about, the renowned and respected, uptown tonight for one night only, let loose from the dregs and water, salvaged from the ocean floors of Texas, Setting the lake on fire, bubbling up once more, hanging from the edge of your bedroom window with room for improvement, I politely ask that you use my proper name. Call me the Shoeless Piper, or the Penguin, or Jim. I'll not say a word. James is a good artist. I love that poem. That's a really good poem. <laughs> and that's why, folks... Matthew Schaefer, and I suspect a lot of you out there in One Magical Nation are friends of the Shoeless Piper. We, I, Jameson, get at us. Is that your best poem? You might. Well, I can actually think of. He's probably got a few. I'll dig up. I can think of at least. Uh, I can think of a few uh, Jameson poems that are just as good at that. Maybe better. Some very whimsical, very funny poetry. One, I'll, see if I, I'll see what I can dig up and uh, bring it back for another poetry corner one with, with the Shoeless Piper. One Magical Universe, get at us with your best poem. We would love to read it on the poetry corner. We uh, should somehow tweak our sign-off to involve the Shoeless Piper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can riff on this real quick. <laughs> Can you really? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> give me just a second. Vamp for a second. <laughs> so good to be back, guys. Thank you for all of, to all of you who have reached out. Uh, 
And uh, and like we say, the tougher the feet, the shoe, the more shoe, the less need for the shoe. <laughs> the tougher the feet, the more shoeless the pipe. The more painful the sticker burr. The shoeless the, the piper. The more need for the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get a thorn in my feet. Um, well, the poorer the choices, oh, the sweeter the wine.